I was born legally blind. I've been in situations where all of the store clerks are just standing in a circle waiting for me to figure out where my card is. If you're one of the millions of Americans who are blind or partially sighted, you might know the feeling too. Which one is my credit card? Now I have to get somebody else to go through my cards to pick out this one. Introducing a card designed for the blind and partially sighted. Touch card by MasterCard. Three distinctly shaped notches help people feel the difference between types of cards. Circular for debit, square for credit, and triangular for prepaid. This is wonderful. <laughs> You'll be able to tell my cards apart. Developed in partnership with Idemia, Vision Services for the Blind, and the Royal National Institute of Blind People, TouchCard is inclusive by design. Our goal is to make every MasterCard a TouchCard. Just little things like that can go a long way as far as bringing independence to a blind person. Just a little notch is huge progress. Because a world designed for all of us is priceless. says the Lord, I will come back to you and your hearts will rejoice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus raised his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Give glory to your Son so that your Son may glorify you. Just as you gave him authority over all people, so that your Son may give eternal life to all you gave him. Now this is eternal life, that they should know you, the only true God, and the one whom you sent, Jesus Christ. I glorified you on earth by accomplishing the work you gave me to do. Now glorify me, Father, with you, with the glory that I had with you before the world began. I revealed your name to those whom you gave me out of the world, they belonged to you, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you gave me is from you, because the words you gave me I have given them, and they accepted them and truly understood that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for the ones you have given me because they are yours, and everything of mine is yours, and everything of yours is mine, and I have been glorified in them. And now I will no longer be in the world, but they are in the world while I am coming to you. The Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so we're eavesdropping on Jesus. This is the scene of the Last Supper, and again, I repeat, this is part of the discourse of the Last Supper, that long, several-chapter presentation of John the Evangelist, and it all summarizes all of Jesus' teachings and his, the intimacy with which Jesus has a relationship with the Father. And while he's at the Last Supper, he starts talking to the Father, and all his disciples are around him. So while he's talking to the Father, you can listen in and realize he's talking about us. Yeah, he's talking about the disciples there in the world with him, but he's talking about us, all who will believe in me because of you. Jesus comes to us 
as the gift of the Father. And I guess according to how you accept that gift, we use that gift. Those of us who really believe that he comes to us in the Blessed Sacrament and all the sacraments of the Church are more united with him. And there are times in which our unity with, with him is challenged, and, and Peter touches upon that. Sometimes you're suffering, and at times you're suffering for, well, things we've done wrong. Sometimes we're suffering for things we've not done wrong. Sometimes we're suffering only, maybe even by mockery, people saying, oh, sure, you believe in God, look at what he's done to the world, and how he's making the world suffer, how he makes children suffer. And that's not what we believe. So we don't believe that, but we are suffering because of that, because we suffer mockery. We suffer uh, sarcasm, but because we believe in Jesus, we're uniting ourselves to him. And, and Peter is saying, rejoice when you suffer for the wrong things. Rejoice, because you are, you are very close to God in heaven. You're very close to his son, Jesus. We hear in the early apostles the, the continuation of the ministry. And when they came down from the Mount of Olivet, where we celebrated the ascension, and they went to the upper room. Now, the upper room really is upper. It's, it's upstairs. And I had mentioned this before. When we were in the Holy Land, of course, we had to go to the upper room. It's been decorated. It's sort of modified Gothic style with the arches, the pointed arches. But I'm sure it wasn't that way when Jesus was there. When, when the uh, Crusaders went in, they found the upper room and they probably decorated according to their style. Down the block from the upper room is the great tomb of King David. And we went into that area of the tomb and we saw Jews praying. We respected the tomb of, of David. We went out, went back upstairs. And it's a large room. Um, it holds, a, I would say, probably easily 100 people. And that's where they had gathered. Don't forget, that's also where they celebrated the Last Supper. So it's an upper room, upper area, tight, narrow streets, just to place ourselves back into that geographic area. So the apostles come down there, and now we're going to wait with them for a few days because we know what's going to happen on Pentecost Sunday, but we're not getting there yet. So the apostles are there, and they're waiting in prayer. In prayer. Very important lifting up of their minds and hearts to God. They had just let go of Jesus, the physical Jesus that they knew, ascended on, as they recorded in, in Acts, Mount Olivet. I told you before, we've been to that mountain and that little chapel that's built over the place where he was to have ascended. And now he leaves it to us. He went away. He's with the Father in glory, watching over us, promising always to be with us. Now we go back to the Last Supper and we realize the Father and He are one. He and the Father are one. We are one with Him. He's one with us. We are one with the Father. See how closely we're bonded to God, we who believe. We are with Jesus Christ, those of us who believe in Him and get the full benefit of that belief, that faith. Experience the full benefit of always being assured that he's with us. We make mistakes. We fall. 
we hurt others, we hurt ourselves, we do things that are inappropriate, and we turn to him and we ask him for forgiveness. And he never throws us out. He's always with us. And we suffer. Personally, we are not suffering here. I am not suffering now. But I am in sympathy with all those who are suffering, all the intentions that we've had on our prayer list. I mean, in, in the intentions with, with Jenny, Sandy's cousin, who's been suffering, and so many others who've asked for prayers, Mario included, who've asked for prayers because they are suffering from various illnesses. Some people are suffering because of their situation with their families. Some are suffering because of loss, unemployment, hunger. All that Peter is encouraging us in his letter to all of us to unite it with Christ, to, to suffer and say we are suffering with Jesus Christ. Of course, he was talking to a community who were suffering because of their faith and were being persecuted because of their faith. But the application of the concept is important for us even in the 21st century. If we unite our suffering with Christ and say, I'm suffering, I'll go about my business. I'll, I'll try to relieve my suffering, which I think we all have the ability to do on some level through forgiveness, through sharing, through patience, and unite that with Christ. He's with us. It's funny. We can go back to the upper room. We can go back to the, the Mount of Olivet. We can go back to the cross, and we're there with him in prayer. That's, that's not like being with George Washington crossing the Delaware. That's an, a historic event that we see pictured in many paintings and and. and stories about that. When we go back to Jesus Christ on the cross or at Mount Olivet or at the Last Supper, we go back in time but are there and he's here with us now. It's not just a memory of the past, it's the past coming to present. So as we're eavesdropping at the Last Supper, Jesus's prayer to his Father, we, we I think we should get happy and exalt in, in our faith with the fact that he's praying for us. Jesus is praying for us. Jesus is asking the Father to give us strength, to watch over us while we go through the suffering in any part of our world and any kind of suffering we experience. Where do we get relief from that suffering? Here. In a few moments we'll recite your prayer of spiritual communion, I will receive the Eucharist and present my prayers to God as I receive it, your prayers. And I think our suffering is lightly re relieved when we do that because Christ is in us. We don't have him physically in the Holy Sacrament yet. You won't have him yet unless your churches and your diocese have opened up on a limited basis. And then we can re-experience the presence of Christ in the Blessed Sacrament. But in the meantime, you want to see Jesus? Look around. Your sisters, your brothers, those you live with, those who are your neighbors. He left us out of sight so that we could find him within the sight that we all have in each other. So as we unite our suffering and our glory, our accomplishments and our hopes with each other, and present them to God, 
just know that Jesus is right there with us. He left us out of sight, but he promised to be with us always. And in a few days, we celebrate the day that that happened, when the Holy Spirit came upon the community, gathered at the upper room. Gather where you are, your room, your home, your church, your chapel, wherever you are, and Jesus is with you. In the course of the day, spend a few seconds, a moments, in prayer, thanking him that he's with you and experiencing him in you. Let him take over, and then we'll be able to speak to the Father ourselves in the words Jesus gave us. His Father is our Father. Our Father is His Father. And we're one family. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the all-new Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the all-new 2022 Nissan Frontier. With standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-foot of torque. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the all-new Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the all-new 2022 Nissan Frontier. With standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-foot of torque.